Amen. Thank you, Pastor Marvin. Appreciate that. And, uh, it is a privilege to serve as a pastor at Mount Hope and grateful for that blessing. And thanks to the elders for recognizing that today. But it's a, always a blessing to stand up here to preach, but also to pastor and be a part of this church. It's a great blessing. Um, we are in between a couple of different sermon series. We finished our Sabbath series last week. We had four weeks there that we spent on rest and Sabbath, uh, and hopefully you're kind of implementing some of those principles in your life of the importance of rest. I think that's critical. Uh, Next week, we're going to start our Global Outreach Celebration. We'll jump into that next week. So we have a Sunday a little bit in between. Speaking of our before I get there, we're speaking of our global outreach celebration. That reminds me. So the flags on the wall, um, some of you that have been at Mount Hope may understand what those are, but maybe if you're new within the last year, you may not. Uh, Those are representative of the different countries that people who attend Mount Hope were born in. Um, And so during our global outreach celebration, that's one of the things we take a chance to celebrate and remember all the different... uh, people and bodies that God has brought together. I draw attention to that because maybe you're sitting here and you say, I was born in a country whose flag is not on the wall. We would love not to miss you. Uh, So if that is the case, come talk to me or Pastor Marvin uh, or after service and let us know and we will get your flag on the wall before next Sunday. Um, and, and get that up there. So if, you're, if Mount Hope's your church home and, and you were born someplace, we want to celebrate that because the Lord said that every tribe and every nation will come and worship him, and we are a part of that through his mission. So we celebrate that as well. So that's what those flags are for. So I'm in between series. Uh, we had one Sunday here between when we finished Sabbath and when we started Global Outreach, and I wanted to uh, kind of, I felt like we needed to take advantage of the moment Uh, for something very different, something I will tell you right now, by the end of this service, when I get to it, uh, some of you in here are going to love it, and some of you are going to hate it. And I'll just let you know that up front, and then we'll get there. I'll let you know in a minute what we're going to do. We're going to talk this morning about how can we become a five-star church? How do we become a five-star church? Uh, let me tell you what I mean by that. My, um, I've never been to a Michelin star restaurant. I, I don't even think I've ever been inside a Michelin star restaurant. But last year we were, uh, this past year we were on vacation and my son said to me, hey, hey, who knows these things? I don't know why he knows these things. But we happen to be in a city that he says, uh, one of the best restaurants in the world, like top rated restaurants in the world is in this city. I'm like, really? And I wanted to look it up. I'm like, sure enough, like top-rated Michelin star restaurant in the world. And I'm like, wow, how cool would it be if we could eat at one of the best restaurants in the world? I have to take a second mortgage out in the house, but how cool would it be <laughs> if we could eat on one of these restaurants? And I'm like, wow, let me see. Who knows? Maybe throw it out and maybe there's an opening, right, to get a res- some weird reservation chance, right? Not a chance. Put it, in the, put it in the website. If the internet could laugh at you, I feel like the internet was laughing at me. Like, are you kidding? Um, I find out that the people eating in that restaurant that night had made those reservations two years ago um, to eat in that restaurant. Um, but I did find out something interesting about Michelin stars. I didn't know anything about Michelin stars. My son, who knows these things for some reason, uh, did know this. I thought there must be some connection. 
I mean, it's just, it's not that common of a name, right? There must be some connection between the Michelin star ratings on restaurants and the Michelin tires on my car. Um, and some of you probably already know it, and you're like, of course, I know what this is, because you look things up when you have those questions. I never looked it up, so I never knew what it was. Uh, but there is a connection. There is a connection. The Michelin brothers, who inherited their Michelin company from their grandfather, were looking for ways to build and grow their company. This is in the late uh, 19th century in France. And they were looking for ways to build and grow their company. And uh, in the early 20th century, their, their company was kind of fledgling. And how were they going to grow it? Um, because they, they had this rubber business. They had these tires. And, and they made tires. And people, rich people bought tires. But then they had their tires and didn't need to buy any more tires. And so they came up with the idea that uh, they would do the Michelin Guide where they would distribute to their people who buy these, you know, their, their customers with some of the best restaurants and hotels. And they would rate them and they would tell them where the best meals are and where the best hotels are. And of course, because they were the best, they often weren't near people and they had to travel to these restaurants. While they were traveling to these restaurants, they were riding on their Michelin tires <laughs> and using up and you get where it goes, right? Pretty ingenious when you think about it. Um, and I had no idea that's what it was. But this idea of rating and reviews has really permeated our culture, right? It's, I mean, you don't buy anything almost, right? You, you certainly don't buy any major purpose, purchase without looking at what are the ratings, what are the reviews, what did people say. Uh, but you don't even, you're minor. You can go on Amazon and you can find a review for like pencils. And you can find someone who's like, these pencils are awesome. And someone else is like, these pencils stink. Don't buy these pencils. Um, but we have all these reviews and ratings. And if we're not careful, it comes right into the church too. And we can start rating the church. And I want to talk to you this morning about what a healthy church is and being careful about this mindset that sometimes can creep into the church. I'm going to real quick run through two quick points this morning, and then I'm going to spend a little longer time on something you're going to help me with, which is going to be the thing that's going to divide the house on people who will love or hate this. But that third thing we're going to spend a little longer on. But here's the three questions we're answering this morning. What's a church? What's a healthy church? And is Mount Hope a healthy church? Where's Mount Hope on that? All right, what's a church? What's a healthy church? We're going to run through those quickly. And is Mount Hope a healthy church? Like I said, you can find ratings on anything. So if you go on Google, you'll find a rating, apparently. I just found this out yesterday for Mount Hope Christian Center. And there's a, we got 4.8 out of 5 stars. Yeah. But I'll tell you this. Um, that's for Burlington. Belmont has 4.9. So I will tell you, if you want a service that is one-tenth of one percent better than what you're about to get, you should probably drive over to Belmont. Uh, they're at 4.9. I really don't care about these stars. I bring them up because I say, here's the problem, that we have a mentality of reviewing and rating everything in our lives, and we bring it right into the church. And so, what's a review and a rating? A review and a rating is, did you give me what I liked? How well did you serve me? 
And that's great for a restaurant or a hotel or a washing machine or a vacuum cleaner. When we take that mentality to the church and we start bringing it in and we bring our consumer mindset in, I think we miss completely what the Bible talks about the church is. And we, mis- and we can very easily misconstrue what a church really is. Maybe it's not our efforts that want to build a good church that are off, but maybe it's our understanding of what the church is that is off. And I would, I would submit that our consumer mindset actually changes what we think the church is, actually affects what we think the church is. Jesus in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18 said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now, the encouraging thing about that verse, for me as a pastor especially, is Jesus is your church. I'm thankful for that. Not my church. I try and be very careful with my language that I never, almost never, if I do, it's an accident, talk about my church. And I, whether I'm in pastor's meetings or anything else, I, 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 I try never to say the word, you know, well, in my church. Because it's not my church. It's Jesus' church. It's Jesus' church. He said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The other encouraging thing is not only is it Jesus' church, he commits to building it. So I thank God for that. (laughs) That the pressure's off me because Jesus is building his church. And I'm grateful for that. But this word church can be confusing. Our English word church actually comes from the Greek word kyrikon, which actually became a German word, kirche. Forgive me, those of you who are German and know I'm pronouncing that wrong. But I'm going to say it looks like kirche, but then our English word, and then it translates into our English word church. And where that word meant was a location. It was a, it was a place. It was, Kirikon, the Greek, literally means the Lord's house. So it meant a place, a location. And sometimes when we use the word church, that's all we mean. That's all we think about. But actually when Jesus, and when the Bible really uses the word church, it almost never uses it in that way. It almost always uses it in this other word. And in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, that was the word Jesus used, ecclesia. And ecclesia doesn't mean place. Ecclesia means people. It actually means called out ones. It means those people who were called out for a purpose. So if the Greek uh, government was meeting, the Senate was meeting, it would be an ecclesia because the senators have been called out for a meeting of important business. And when the church was being formed, they used this word ecclesia. That you are called out for a purpose. And I think we have to be careful of using the word church and thinking it means building. And forgetting that it means people. Because I also think this plays into this consumer mindset, right? And so we have to be careful. Because I think when we look at it just on this side with Kirikon, it looks at, well, it's something that builds programs and services to attract and keep people. It's something where 20% of the people do 80% of the work, that Pareto principle. It's powered often just by grit and determination and easily shaken, it can be. 
But when we look at ecclesia, the called out assembly, I would say, you know, we look at a gathering of people who call Jesus the Christ, the Son of God. It's people, not place. Every member of the body uses their gifts to serve one another. It's not, I come in for you to serve me. I come in to consume. I come in to participate. It's fueled by the Holy Spirit, empowered by God, and never shaken because Christ said he will build his church. And no matter what the circumstances or context around it, it does not keep the church from going forward. It can grow in a communist country. It can grow in a country where it's outlawed. It can even grow in America. Uh, and in the midst of a liberal context of, of, of pluralistic society, that we don't have to be afraid because the church of Jesus Christ can flourish because it's Jesus' church and he's growing it. But it's not a building. It's a people. It's a called out people. You know, one fun way of thinking about it is I looked at, you ever see those surveys you go, not surveys, but keys, you know, when you go on and try and find your password and you see one of these things. And if you saw one of these and you say, select all the images with a church. And you could say, well, there's three. Well, yeah, if you're looking at it as a place, but if you look at church the way Jesus talks about church, that it's a people, not a place, maybe the baby would be the only one that's a possible church there, I guess. But the buildings, you can drive by an industrial building in an industrial parking lot today and not realize there's a church that's in that building. And you could drive by a beautiful cathedral with stained glass and vaulted ceilings and not realizing it's empty and it's just a work of art. Let's not confuse a building with the church. The church is a people. The church has called out people on mission, gathered around Jesus, loving one another, and moving his mission forward. And that's really what a healthy church is. The, the reality is the rating system we use to evaluate church is often different than the way God evaluates church. When we build a church, the primary evaluation oftentimes in our world is do we like it or not? Oh, you visited a new church. Did you like it or not? So often that's our criteria. I don't think God's rating system is like that. When Christ builds his church, the primary evaluation is if his followers are spiritually healthy. Is the church spiritually healthy? Are they following are they the people that God has called them out to be? Are they living and moving in the direction God has called them out to be? Are they the body of Christ? In fact, many times in the letters or that you see in the New Testament, what you see is a correction to how that church is living. So when Paul writes to the church at Corinth, he often starts out saying, look, here's what I heard is going on in your church. We need to correct that. We need to change that. You need to stop that. You need to, you need to, you're not living in the way God wants you to be. Paul does it in Corinthians. He does it in almost every one of his letters to the church. He corrects and changes and adjusts. And it's true then and it's true for us today that it's oftentimes we need to look at our church. We need to look at ourselves and say, are we a healthy church? 
Are we believers on mission together, loving each other, gathered around Jesus and moving in the same direction to move that mission forward? Paul in Corinthians calls the church the body of Christ. And we become so familiar with that term that we forget what it actually pictures. And that is, we are Jesus' body on earth. We are doing the things that Jesus would do and looking the way that Jesus would look because we are his body on earth. And if we are not doing the things and looking like Jesus, then we ought to adjust. We need a course correction. We need to change. But how do you know? How do you know if you're doing the things that Jesus would have you do if you're looking the way Jesus would have you look? You need to take a look in the mirror. You need an annual checkup, right? You go to your doctor at least once a year, and you go for a checkup. How, how am I doing? How's my body? You know, there's some things I can see. You don't have to tell me that, you know, I, maybe I need to lose some weight or things like, like, I know that stuff. But what about the stuff I can't see? What about the stuff that's going on in my body that I can't? What about the blood work? What about the family history? What about the, the, the tests I can't see? You need to look at that stuff because you need an annual checkup to know what's going on. And so for this third part, I want to get to, I want to talk about how do you get an annual checkup on the body? Because this is important for us to get right. Why? Because we're supposed to represent Christ well in this world. And when we get this wrong, the church is a poor representation of Christ. When we get this wrong, we misrepresent Jesus and we actually lead people away from Jesus. Or we lead people towards something that is not Jesus. Second, we need to get this right because the church is the primary distribution system that God has designed to carry out his message of hope to the world around us. And we, when, when we have an unhealthy church, we miss the mission that God has called us to. If we have an unhealthy church, if our body is unhealthy, what happens when your body's unhealthy? You know what happens? You end up paying attention only to what's going on in your body and you forget what's going on outside around you. And if our body's unhealthy, if our church body's unhealthy, we're going to be paying attention to only stuff that's going on internally. Church is fighting with each other or whatever. And we're going to miss the mission of distributing and showing and sharing the gospel the way that God has called us to. So we got to be a healthy church. we got to get this right. Which is why on this Sunday, I want to do something on this third thing. Is Mount Hope a healthy church? How do we determine that? Well, I could anecdotally guess. I could uh, make some observations for some people I talked to. Or I could invite you in the next few minutes here on a Sunday morning. You ready? Oh, boy. <laughs> To give us, to give some feedback. I can invite you, I'm going to invite you to take an assessment and to help us here on Sunday morning. So this is a little different. Listen, I've never been in a church service where anyone's done this either, okay? First timers for all of us. But here's what I want to do. Can you put that slide up, guys? Here's what I want to do. Uh, we, have put, we have a survey from, the, from Leadership Transformations, and we've put some custom questions in it too, about on church health. And I think this is important, and I think it's important enough for us to do on a Sunday morning, because I think we've got to get this right. 
So what I'm going to ask you to do for the next 15, 20 minutes, because I'm ending right now with the message, so I'm giving you some time right now for the next 15, 20 minutes, I want you to take out your phone, if you've got a phone, and I want you to put it on that QR code, or Nate has got a QR code right in his hand, and so does Pastor Marvin, and they are happy, and so do our ushers, and they are happy to help you. If you say, I don't know how to work a QR code, Nate, Pastor Marvin, and that will help you. If you say, I don't have a phone, we've got some paper surveys. You put up your hand, and I will make sure you get a paper survey. You need help with the survey, and we will get it. Here's why. I, I want you to do this. Listen, I know it's unusual. I know you didn't come to church today to take an assessment, and some of you are going, oh, I hate this. Why are you doing this? And some of you are like, oh, good. I've been waiting to. I'll let you know what I think. Uh, whatever you think, I guess you can put it on a Google review and let people know. Um, or there, I, apparently there's some cards in the hallway. You can express your difficulty or your, your, your like or dislike. But I want us to take a few minutes to do this. I took it myself. I was flying through it. it took me about 15 minutes. Um, probably take you about 20 minutes. I think it's important. There are 10 categories you're going to see of healthy churches on there. So you say, am I supposed to take this? I will tell you, I will ask you this. If Mount Hope is your home church and this is not your first Sunday, please take the inventory if you can. If this is your first Sunday, relax, take a nap. You don't have to take this inventory. You can, you can go out and beat everyone to the food that I just heard in the hallway. Um, if this is your first Sunday. We're glad you're here. I'm sorry you came on a day we're taking an assessment. Uh, please come back next week. But what I hope you take away from this is this. We're a church that's serious about getting this right. And that's why we're doing this. We're serious about getting this right, about making sure we are the kind of church that God has called us to be. And so we're going to take time on a Sunday morning to take a look in the mirror and to try and get this right. And so please, uh, as many as we can, I'd love to do this. We'll take a few minutes. Troy's going to play some music. And like I said, if it's your first time here, I'm glad you're here. Um, just relax. Uh, but if, um, if Mount Hope's your home church, please take a moment. It's 83 questions. I get it. They're not long. They're one to five scale. You can bang them out pretty quick. Um, we would love to get Pastor Marvin. I had a hand up in the front row. Um, we would love to get um, as many as we can to help us get this right. This is not about this. I am not asking you to evaluate people on the stage. We are evaluating our church together, who we are, okay? We are making an assessment of who we as Mount Hope are. And please, young people, teenagers, you're in here. This is your church. Take out your phone. Please take it. Please let us know how we're doing, okay? Great.
know some of you, I know you're still working on it. Keep going, finish it out. Uh, please, uh, if you're still working, keep working. But I'm going to kind of try and wrap things up for those of you that may already be done and we'll close things out. I do want to thank you again for bearing with us, for taking the time to help us as a body. This is another example of how this is us as a church. We want to look at how we're doing together on this. The, from once we're going to give a little time for people to complete this this month, a little more time. I want to take time on Sunday so we can get the largest group right off the bat, but there are people who aren't here, and we will give some time this month to be able to complete this. And then after the survey closes, at there, the assessment closes at the end of the month, our elders will uh, get the results, we'll pray over them, we'll start prayerfully digesting them and looking at them and asking what the Lord is trying, helps, uh, wants to say to us. I want to look at areas that we look at and say, you know what? Here's a place that God has given a strong gift to the people at Mount Hope. Let's make sure we're fanning that into flame. Let's make sure we're, 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 we're celebrating that. And if there's other places that we say, you know what, here's a part that really is an important part of being a church of Jesus Christ, and Mount Hope, see, we need some help doing that a little bit better. Let's put some resources into that. Let's become better at that. Uh, this is important because sometimes as elders and we sit around and we talk and we pray and we say, wow, I talked to this person and, and we say, well, is that going on in all of our church? How are we doing? Do we need to spend some time focusing on that? I could spend my time up here talking about prayer every week. And if I find out no one in the church is praying, I got to figure out a different way to talk about, to figure out how do we pray, you know? So there's a lot of value to this and I think it's going to be helpful for us to see each other. It's like a look in the mirror. The book of James talks about it. You look in the mirror, see what you look like. It would be foolish to look in the mirror and then walk away and then forget it and not do anything about it. This is a look in the mirror for us to help us to a little bit of a checkup, uh, to see what we're doing well, build on our strengths, uh, and see other areas we need to address. So we're going to close. I'm going to ask uh, Aaron and Katie to come up and close us out in worship. Would you uh, stand when you're ready? If you're still punching away on that, go ahead. But if you're ready to, to stand, and uh, I'll close us out in prayer. And then Aaron and Katie are going to close us out in worship. I'm grateful. Thank you guys for leading us today. Appreciate that, uh, leading us in worship today. It's a great blessing. Um, I think, did uh, Pastor Marvin mention you guys are YWAM missionaries? Yeah. And, in the Boston area. I, I think you, some of you may know that already, but we're grateful to have them as a part of our local church body here at Mount Hope as well. Uh, Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the church, Lord. Thank you for the body of Christ. Thank you that you have not called us to follow you alone or to walk this path alone, but that you have placed us in a family that you call the church, the called out ones, to serve together, to encourage each other, to love one another, to represent Jesus in this world, and to distribute and share this message of hope that we call the gospel. Lord, we want to do that well. We want to get this right. We don't want to veer off course. We want to be 
We don't care about being a five-star church, Lord, but we want to be a healthy church. We want to be a healthy body. So help us to do that well. Lead us in that as we seek your face. In Jesus' name.